Welcome to the Good Cities Podcast, with news and information about city movements around the world. Brought to you by goodcities.net. On this first episode, you'll hear from author and city coach Reggie McNeil as he interviews Good Cities founder Dr. Glenn Barth to learn how he defines city movements and what inspired him to start Good Cities. Welcome. This is Reg McNeil from Good Cities, and we are thrilled that you are joining us today for this podcast. It's my privilege to interview our president, Dr. Glenn Barth, today, and he's going to be able to help us understand the, a bit of the history of city movements that have emerged over the past decade and where we might be going in city movements, and uh, and perhaps you'll have a a sense for your own calling into this endeavor because it does seem to be one of the key things that the Spirit is whispering and even shouting to the church in North America these days. Glenn, welcome to the program. I guess it's your program, so you should be on it. Reggie, hey, it's great to be with you today. And really, this program is uh, is not only our program, but we hope all the listeners will feel like it's their program as well. Well, what, uh, Glenn, what drew you into this whole city movement, uh, the, the emergence of this, uh, well, I don't, I don't, I think movement is the right word, don't you? Well, absolutely, because, you know, I saw it as a movement the minute I first saw it. And, uh, I gotta tell you, the exciting thing that happened to me was, um, about in, uh, 1969, uh, a couple wow. of guys from Pittsburgh were sent by Young Life uh, to come out to my home uh, in a western suburb of Cleveland, Ohio. And uh, they started a Young Life Club right in our community, Bay Village. And uh, and I began to go, and lots of other kids began to go. There must have been uh, two to 300 kids. They were having a hard time finding homes and facilities for all the people who were beginning to respond to the uh, positive message of the good news of Jesus Christ that they were bringing through Young Life right into our community. And uh, and as I got to know these these uh, Christian leaders, one of the things I, I learned was that uh, they came right out of a movement that was trying to make Pittsburgh as famous for God as for steel, and they had drawn a 150-mile radius around Pittsburgh and they said they wanted to put a Young Life Club on every high school campus within 150 miles of Pittsburgh with the vision in mind that if they could reach these kids, that was me and a lot of other kids, with the good news of Christ and teach them a Christian world and life view, they'd take that Christian world and life view and apply it in their leadership roles when they uh, when they became adults after college and uh, came back into the uh, Pittsburgh community. Well, as a native of Cleveland, Ohio, I really never had any intention of moving to Pittsburgh, but I love the fact that here was a city with a vision that was much bigger than their own city, and they really believed that there was a feeder system that the youth and the college students were going to become future leaders. And uh, and I and I learned that uh, the leader of Young Life back then in the region, his name was Reed Carpenter, and he was meeting with a group of other Christian leaders in Pittsburgh to strategize about how Christians could work together to uh, to reach out 
in the Pittsburgh region. Um, so my life was impacted by them so that after I graduated from college, I actually went to Pittsburgh to participate as a college minister through the Coalition for Christian Outreach. Wow. And, um, and, and for me, learning firsthand about what was going on with this movement uh, impacted my entire trajectory in ministry and in life. Now, this would have been part of, uh, I guess, the Jesus Movement days, right? I mean, back in the, what was this, late 70s by now or mid-70s that you were involved in that? Well, sure. I mean, 1969 through 1978 or so, that was the heart of the Jesus Movement. And uh, as as many people know, the Jesus Movement was a, a movement that took place. It grew out of the countercultural in the 1960s as right. people were looking for ways that uh, that their lives could be lived authentically, and uh, and and the more people looked into this, they they tried all kinds of things in the counterculture. They tried drugs. They tried uh, they they tried uh, to live it out in terms of communes and other ways. Eventually, what really took that generation was the message of the good news of Christ, and it came to them through a variety of means. Uh, one negative. Uh, vision of the gospel came through Jesus Christ Superstar, but it made people really give consideration to what to who Jesus was. Because you, you're saying that really this city movement that we're enjoying today, that's really gaining speed, um, has roots all the way back into uh, those Jesus movement days, particularly because young people were impacted, and it's the the generation of leaders coming out of that that are beginning to express this kind of more kingdom orientation. Is that what you're saying? That's right. And and, and I have to also say, Reggie, that uh, the, the reason that I mentioned the Pittsburgh movement is because some people look at the Jesus movement and, uh, and, they, and they look at city movements today, and they just think it was a movement of the Holy Spirit, that there was no planning involved. But I've got to say that when the Holy Spirit moves, there's a lot of planning that happens as a result of people being in tune with the Holy Spirit. And those leaders in Pittsburgh planned carefully. And I, I want to turn this story all the way back around to say 40 years later, 40 years was it, 69? Yeah, probably about, uh, let's see, 40 years after 69 was, what, 2009. So maybe it was 30 years later, 1999. I came back and I interviewed Reed Carpenter in Pittsburgh, and I asked him, I said, Reed, Given all the work that you did on this, uh, what kind of fruit are you seeing? You wanted to see Pittsburgh more famous for, for God than steel. What's happened? And uh, Reed was able to walk me through the fact that, uh, in fact, God had moved dramatically in our generation, and many of my generation had come back to become leaders on city council, leaders on the boards of corporations and presidents of corporations, leaders in school boards, leaders in every aspect of life that you could imagine. And Pittsburgh had gone from an economic disaster in the late 70s when steel began to uh, move toward Japan and away from Pittsburgh and the uh, upper Midwest. And, uh, and, and today, Pittsburgh is revitalized largely because of the vision that was created among a whole generation of young people who, who uh, applied a Christian world and life view uh, to all of the leadership activities that they got involved in. 
and rejuvenated so, Pittsburgh. So what were you doing uh, to interview uh, Reed? What, what were you doing in 2009? And kind of bring us up then on your own city uh, movement journey. Sure. Um, I need to say, first of all, that as a as a young pastor, I went to Gordon-Conwell, graduated in 1984. As a young pastor, in the three pastorates I served in, I made a point of bringing the other pastors and Christian leaders together in those places I served. And uh, in Muncie, Indiana, I served as the leader of uh, Christian Ministries of Delaware County, where at the time of the L.A. riots, for instance, here in Muncie, Indiana, a relatively small city in the middle of in, in kind of eastern East Central Indiana, it was clear that we had the same kind of racial tensions that led to those riots in L.A. And and so uh, I brought the white ministerial and black ministerial association together and said, folks, let's let's figure out what we need to do to reduce these tensions in our own city. And we met together week after week uh, at the uh, MCL cafeteria in the Muncie Mall. People could see us meeting together. And uh, and what did we meet about? We met about the issues that were important in the black community, whether it had to so, do with educational issues yeah. or or community policing, firefighters, a variety of other issues. So this inclination of yours really has been something that God just kind of is always, uh, it's been a call that you've always been pursuing. So after you did the, the three pastorates where you, yeah, we're very much community engaged. Where, where did you go from there? I was a, I was a senior, or excuse me, I was the executive pastor at Colonial Church of Edina, and uh, I, I uh, was coming to a point where I knew I was going to have a career transition. And uh, at that point, I met with uh, Paul Cedar, of uh, who was the president of the Evangelical Free Church, right. and was just starting something called. Mission America, it was a coalition of 81 denominational presidents and 350 ministry executives. And when Paul discovered that I was looking for a role where I could work with city leaders to help them uh, do what we had seen done in Pittsburgh and in other places around the country, he said to me that uh, he wanted me to come and help him get Mission America off the ground, first as their chief operating officer and then leading the city and community ministries for Mission America. And over the next uh, 10 years, I led eight national evangelism initiatives and got to know the city leaders in virtually every city of the country. Well, as you've examined uh, firsthand and through conversations and your personal engagement, because you've convened a lot of these groups as well around the, the country mm-hmm. uh, through your work in good cities, um, do you see a kind of typology emerging uh, that, you know, of how these city movements are kind of self-sorting into various expressions? Mm-hmm. You know, Christian unity movements in each city generally are represented in five different streams of unity. And uh, if we were to look at those five, uh, the first one that you might run into would be people who are calling others to pray. Um, typically, these are folks who believe that if we just pray hard enough together, God would come and transform our city into what he wants it to be. Then yeah. uh, a, a second group that we see out there, Reggie, is is a group that focuses on evangelism. 
and uh, and they they'll say what we need is uh, for Christians to come together in order that every person might hear uh, the uh, good news of Christ expressed to them in a way that they can understand and respond to, whether it's a young person or people of different ethnicities or elderly people. They they are just believing that if every person would have a chance to hear and respond to the gospel, it'll transform our city. Yeah. Um, the the third group we might look at would be those folks who uh, are working with neighborhoods, especially the poor, uh, and and this is a, a group called the uh, community development folks, and uh, and Christian community development is really this the tip of the spear when it comes to community development and meeting people's real and felt needs in neighborhoods, and uh, mm-hmm. and the folks in community development would say if if we can just impact every neighborhood of a city um, and and help them find the jobs they need, the housing they need, uh, help them find uh, all of the things of life that are needed and demonstrate tangibly the love of Jesus Christ, our city would be transformed. And uh, and so there's the community development stream. Another stream is the uh, church planters. And, uh, of course, the church planters are working together oftentimes to think carefully about the the different kinds of groups and different geographies of the city to make sure every person has an expression of the body of Christ uh, in their neighborhood. And they believe that if they would, you know, if they plant a church among every people group and every geographic place of the city, the city would have an incarnational presence of Christ and would be transformed. And uh, and, and then the, the fifth group would be the marketplace folks. And uh, the marketplace may be the newest of these different streams. But the marketplace is composed of folks who really want to live out their faith in the marketplace in such a way that their witness is clear uh, to uh, to people as they do their work and exhibit servant leadership and integrity. Um, and, uh, and, and there's a belief among marketplace folks sometimes that if everyone would have a business-like mentality about how we live out our Christian faith, we transform our city and the whole city would be transformed. And ultimately, Reggie, all five of these groups are really needed in every city. Well, that's what I started to say. I mean, as you were going through that, and that's an incredibly helpful framework, uh, by the way. Uh, I think even as our listeners and people are thinking about how they want to go about it, I'm starting to say, gosh, which one of those would you not want to (laughs) <laughs> to engage with <laughs> if you really were trying to impact the city. So do you think that the future holds more um, where these are kind of like five channels that have been developing? Do you see more mm-hmm. collaboration maybe uh, emerging between these channels or coalescing of these energies to, to really make a difference in cities? Well, um, I would say this, Reggie, that <clears> – <throat> that uh, when it comes to collaboration, collaboration should usually be gathered around a very specific and focused purpose or good. Uh, and when we when we look at these five channels, we want each of those five to flourish. And sometimes I think Christians have made the mistake of really believing uh, that everyone needs to do it like me. And uh, and and that for that reason, I'm thankful for the Apostle Paul, who points to the body of Christ as he sees it in the cities he's working with, 
during his missional efforts of the early church. And what he begins to point out is, hey, not everyone's a nose, you know. And right. uh, if everyone right. were a nose, where would the sense of sight be? And and so Paul begins then to say very clearly at the start of the church that we need different kinds of people if we're going to fully incarnate the body of Christ in our city or community right where we are. So Paul thinks very clearly in terms of the cities of the early, you know, of the early mission of the church. Well, now, when you're, when you're in your role over the past 10 years now with good cities and, and you created that right after you, you did some graduate work in urban, uh, you're with Baki and, and all that. Didn't mm-hmm. that come after that or? Help me remember well, that. Well, I, you know, I actually started my uh, my doctoral work with Ray Bakke, uh, and it's a, it's a it's a doctor of ministry in transformational leadership for the global city. Kind of a, kind of a mouthful, isn't it? But um, yeah, basically, right. <laughs> Ray, your, your diploma must be you know like four yards long. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well. You know, it's funny. Mine's, I, mine's I got, pretty short. Mine sits on an index <laughs> card. Uh, but, you know, go ahead with your long uh, pedigree <laughs> there that you're dragging behind you. I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, uh, here's the thing. All these streams that are out there, we'd love to think that they all could work together in a city or community, and often they they do, but it, it's not always as uh, as intentional as, as it could be if you had a uh, – uh, a, a leadership group that maybe had representatives from geographic areas in the city and then representatives from some of these different parts of the movement. And also, I think, uh, making sure that some of the key pastors in the city might be represented in a covenant group that would meet regularly in Pittsburgh, uh, right off this, right from the, right off the bat, they, they decided that they would take a day each month, a whole day each month to sit and pray with one another and try to hear from God so that they could determine and understand the strategy that they were going to be pursuing to make Pittsburgh more famous for God than steel. In most cities, you don't necessarily have that covenant community, um, and there's lots of lots of space for lots of different movements. Here in Minneapolis, for instance, we've got 3.6 million people in a uh, nine-county metropolitan statistical area. Um, that's that's a lot of geography, and it's a lot of people. So uh, what's what's difficult is really that uh, that we have probably seventy different cities in the Twin Cities area, and uh, there are a number of cities around the country that are quite large. And when they are, I think what you can expect is that most of these different streams will operate kind of independently of one another. And uh, and yet, if you talk to the leaders of those groups, they appreciate the leaders of the other groups. And uh, <clears throat> But there's putting together a backbone organization takes some real intentional work. So, and, and that's what uh, this, this part of the podcast is going to sound commercial, uh, but that's what Good Cities is really, in, that's what your intent was in starting good cities and that's what you're still trying to do is to bring some uh some intentionality to that development is that right would that be a good way of saying it 
I think especially as it comes to understanding the common good of the city and the many hundreds and perhaps even thousands of ways that Christians can be released to serve in their city. You know, I'm uh, hearing another theme from your early mm-hmm. uh, comments about mm-hmm. Pittsburgh, and and that is that that these movements that seem to be, you know, from a forty thousand foot view, look like they're spontaneous and something was just delivered. That once you peel back, you know, and get underneath and find out what was going on, there was a lot of intentionality and a good deal of planning and people who felt really strategically called to do something uh, profoundly uh, different uh, and impactful. Uh, I mean, it seems to me that a lot of folks are waiting on something to happen in their cities and hoping for something to happen in their communities. But what I'm hearing you saying is that, you know, we can get together and actually uh, co-conspire with God for the kingdom to come on earth right now. Well, I think that's absolutely the case. I think... If you are a prayer warrior and you're waiting for God to do something, that's that's a that's okay. It, it's a good thing to do. But what I want want us to remember is that when we're when we're going before God in prayer, if we really believe God is a living God, as the Bible teaches, we should expect God to be able to communicate some vision to us about what could happen in our city or community. And if God communicates that then it's up to us to find the resources and uh and and the people with the right gift mix to be able to do those things in our community so it's a combination of reliance upon god and then using the gifts and talents that god has given his people to really carry out god's will in the places that he's called us to well, we're coming uh, close to the end of our uh, time for this particular podcast, but you know, I know there'll be others where we break you know, into some discussion about particular competencies that are required and how collaboration can be improved and all that. But just just because of the nature of this conversation, we're still looking at the overall. Do you have any kind of overall observations about where you think city movements are are headed or or what what you see because you've been you've been walking this trail now for a long time. Well, I really believe that we are seeing more and more people step to the forefront who are beginning to understand true cross sector collabor- collaboration that is people are having conversations from the business community to church pastors from church pastors to city government to city government from city government to people who are serving in the schools and a variety of other places that we're, we're beginning to, in our day and age, uh, those conversations plus the incredible breakthroughs that have happened with the Internet and, uh, and cloud technology are giving us a vision of what needs to happen and what some of the best practices are that will help us not just put Band-Aids on the issues of poverty and brokenness in our city, but are really helping people address and solve issues uh, so that people are getting jobs with livable wages. People are beginning to get yeah. the kind of education they need to, uh, to to begin to live out their lives in some new ways. So uh, there's lots of things that we can talk about 
but uh, engagement is the real key here, not just uh, not just thinking about things, not just uh, doing what's easy to do, but beginning to to uh, to think and plan and do in ways that are strategic. But the pot is being stirred, isn't it? And uh, and it's it's like uh, God has uh, stepped in and uh, give you know a lot of discussion now about millennials and and all mm-hmm. that. I mean, that's a generation whose val- core values just com- completely align with yeah. uh, th- this kind of expression that you're talking about. Wouldn't it be just like God to to you know see the whole generation with a vision here? And then mm-hmm. call his church out to play through that uh, through that uh, that seating that he's doing. Well, we could talk about a lot, and we will on down the road. Uh, I know there are some folks are probably going to be hearing this podcast because somebody uh, told them about it, or gave it to them, or shared with them. How can people get in touch with Good Cities and uh, and with you, Glenn? Well, a simple way to do it would be just to email me at glenn, G-L-E-N-N, at goodcities.net. I'd be happy to hear from you. And, uh, of course, uh, you may have found this podcast on our website, but our website is www.goodcities.net, goodcities.net. We'd be happy to have you come and visit. But uh, give me a, give me an email, and I'll, uh, I'll be happy to respond, and uh, perhaps we'll have a phone conversation or two and figure out some things that can happen right where your city is, as famous for God as for uh, what it's currently known for. We'd love to see God become famous right where you are. Fabulous. Thanks, Glenn, for sharing your insights with us today. Thanks for listening to the Good Cities Podcast. We hope you'll subscribe and listen in on future episodes. To get more information about Good Cities, join our email list, or to find out how to get involved in making your city a good city, visit goodcities.net.